We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. Bang, 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 bang. Hello and welcome to We're Not Dead number 60, the big 6-0. This is We're Not Dead, the official community podcast of We're Alive. I am your host this week, Nick Voodoo. Britt is unfortunately not able to join us uh, this go-around. So, yeah, you only had us two last week. This week, you're going to get us. By us, I mean me. And you're going to get a guest host. And it is the artist formerly known as Scubba. And Scuba, it's SC Bubba. Ooh, thanks, sir. Thanks, sir. No problem, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, so tell us about yourself. Well, um, SC Bubba, as uh, Brett refuses. Well, no, she's caught up to it. She likes to say it now, I think. Um, I'm from uh, South Carolina. Um, Bubba's a nickname, so that's how we get that together, no matter how you pronounce it. <laughs> um, <laughs> been a fan of uh, We're Alive for a little while now. Been on the forum on a year, really loving everything to do with it. Um, I fortunately or unfortunately get to spend my day in front of a computer all day and half the night sometimes, so I get plenty of time to listen and up on the forum and see what everybody's talking about. So, yeah, we're a lot of overload. Yeah, definitely. You're one of the more active forum members. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you've earned, you're one of, I think, like now seven or eight people of the 4,000 registered people, have you hit that reputation mark where you have actually downed the one with the markings? You know, I am one of the one of the members of that club, along with uh, a couple other guys who uh, and girls, I think, that uh, mm-hmm. are on the forum a lot. And uh, you know, I just don't trust that guy. He's been down before and popped back up. So I know. I mean, there's seven people. I'm pretty sure seven people at least, and I'm getting really close myself, but I kind of took the summer off so i didn't get all them good off-season reputations um but if you have no idea what we're talking about there's a reputation system on the forum you reach a certain amount of positive reputation and you achieve different things like kill a runner kill a behemoth essie bubba has killed the one with the markings so he's reached the end of the story already and knows how it ends but he's not going to tell you mom's the word mom's the word so um how did you come to become a fan of we're alive how did you find it uh, I was just wandering around the internet one day and um, saw some stuff pop up about zombies, this, that, and the other, and I can't even remember the myriad links that I followed until I finally, finally ended up at this Story of Survival podcast. Uh, that was in, I think, the beginning of Season 3, so I immediately went and pulled down everything that was there and just did a speed listen all the way through it. Because I got hooked immediately after listening to the first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, caught up to the uh, the real-time stuff in Season 3. And immediately found out what Agony was all about by waiting week to week for the episodes. Uh, uh, painful, isn't it? Oh, it's so, so painful. I, I pity the people that are just now coming in like I did back then. Uh, those people one day that are going to look back and... Just buy the entire set on CD and listen to it with no gaps. They just don't know things. They're not going to know the anguish and the sheer just volume of anticipation you can build from the two weeks in between and the six months in between seasons. 
Yeah. Oh, don't remind me. It's two weeks this time. Oh. I know. Yeah, two weeks. So, yeah, we... Unfortunately, we hit our third chapter part. Wah, wah. Uh, before we get into the third chapter part, who's your favorite character? Who's your least favorite character? My man Saul. He's my favorite right there. Very good. He just uh, he takes a licking, keeps on ticking. I think he's kind of got the uh, the moral compass, uh, even if it's just a little off center every now and then. But uh, you gotta love. It. He's got some of the best stuff in there. Uh, close second's got to be Puck, just for. Just for the humor and some of the best lines going. We'll get the puck later. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. We're going uh, to get the puck. Least favorite character? Um, just because Casey does such a great job writing that, CJ just plucks mine. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, like I, post, I posted somewhere um, in the forum that she's just, in the last couple of chapters, it reminded me of every just power-hungry project manager I've ever worked with in my 20-plus years career. Yep. I, I saw I saw that post, and uh, yep, she does remind me of those types of people. Uh, she did have somewhat of a redeeming thing this week, but that's sort of subjective, I guess. Um, so cool. Well, again, great to have you on. Um, sorry, Thanks for having me. <laughs> sorry we butchered your name so much. Um, thank you for being a good sport about it, and hopefully everyone's a good sport about it because <laughs> this is how we roll. Hey, um, the, good, the good part is it's now a running gag in the forum of how Brit's going to kill your name. Yeah, absolutely. Although I, there, there are some people that I have this week that are um, pretty – pretty straightforward or we've had them before i have a hard time thinking i'm going to mispronounce the name storm okay so this is for chapter 38 3 unity makes strength um so we first start off with the whole pick up where we left off thing and bert's off and on his way he gets caught by uh uh muldoon and uh robbins in the helicopter um Michael's all kind of pissy that he left and that he's not going to come back and blah, blah. So, you know, again, we picked up pretty much where we left off. I don't think there's really much development in that part of the scene itself, unless you have something to add to it. I mean, it was just basically Bert's gone. That kind of sucks. Yeah, straightforward. There he goes. Um, the, the scene in the car, though, with Riley, which is now confirmation Riley is definitely with Bert. Um you know, they do talk a little bit about, you know, what's the plan? Where are we going to go? And uh, I have the police radio. So if we ever need to get in contact with them, you know, this isn't really goodbye. It's just to see you in a while or see you soon or whatever Bert says. Because uh, Riley's a little butthurt that she didn't get a chance to say goodbye to everyone like uh, Saul and Victor got a chance to. But, you know, they were kind of going against everyone's will. So they don't really get a chance to say goodbye. Um, so what are you... The plan is apparently, according to Bert, because you know, Bert the master planner never thinks things through very well. Um, oh no, he's 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 all good on this one. He even thinks he knows where to stay. Oh yeah, he thinks he knows where to stay exactly where everyone knows where he might want to go stay. Seems like a brilliant plan to me. I don't know about you, because um, you know when you when you're running, you're going to go somewhere familiar. Oh yeah, you know he. <laughs> that's the best part of it. He knows exactly what Scratch is going to do, and then he does the exact same thing that Scratch would do, which is go somewhere familiar. So. Instead of maybe getting help from CJ in this myriad of safe houses that she has. Now, we're going to go back to the old tower. Let's do that. Screw you guys. I'm going home. So that, again, that's, again, there seems to be no plan whatsoever. We're just going to go. Even the hunting for scratch thing. 
there seems to be, and with the ending of the podcast with uh, Michael's little extra added after the fact that, you know, if you by chance didn't listen to because the the podcast went silent and then you think it's Michael Swan going to come up and you turn it off early, go back and listen. You missed something. Yeah. There, you, missed uh, <laughs> you missed a big something, let's say. Um, were you a fan of the Harry Potter series? Or no? You know, I read the I read the first book when uh-huh. my uh, my oldest daughter wanted to get into them, and so I said, "Hey, you know, if she's going to read it, I'll read it." And I read the first book, and then I just watched the movies from there on out. I just got busy. Yeah, fair enough. So did you? But I, but I like I like the story. I like the setting. I like you know, how things work out there. So you you saw the two the two parter um, Deathly Hollows movie, correct? Oh yes, yes. Okay. The two people that are going out on their quest right now, which is, you know, Michael searching for his zombies and Bert and Riley searching for their scratch, just remind me so much of the Deathly Hollows and that story arc of we're going to go, but we don't know what we're doing for it. If we're going to go. We're going to do it. We don't know where. We don't know what, but we will succeed. And we're not sure how either, but it's all going to turn out well in the end. And the um, fact that there are people out there that want to kill us, eh, whatever. Ah, eh, those guys be damned. Are those zombies guys that want to eat our face? Forget them. It's no big deal. Um, yeah, I, I, I say you know the scene, uh, you know, in the in the vehicle with Bert and Riley taking off. But, you know, it was interesting that Riley, after being so fired up at Angel's grave, suddenly sounds kind of like, "Really, is this a good idea?" Yeah, I, Bert's giving her the rah rah. You know, we're going to do this. I just that that was interesting. I wonder, you know, how that's going to play out over the next however long we're going to be till we see those two again. Yeah, the, the, there was a real trepidation in in there was it was really tense inside that car about the future and what it holds for them, um, and you know, deservedly so. Um, so a couple forum posts about this particular scene. Yet another bloody cheek. Um, posted the note that Bert left that was ripped up by CJ. Um, and so we would like to read it for you now. Uh, so this is Bert's uh, message to the colony. You can lick my wrinkled, salty old man balls, little Miss Sunshine. Uh, I'm gone. Riley's with me. Gonna hunt down that fucking bitch once and for all, Bert. So that is one person's take on what the note looks like. Well, I, I, I think I think Cheek managed to sneak in and steal a, uh, a prop from the set. That seems legit to me. Yeah, totally. Um, that was, you know, pretty much every, I mean, again, that, that part was also rather straightforward. Um, so the next scene is now back at Dunbar, uh, which is narrated by Victor, which is something to note that Victor is the one that narrates it. So that bodes well for Victor's chances of living. True. At least for the time being. Um, and we get a, a nice big juicy argument. We get, uh, a nice big awkward proposal for marriage. And then we get uh, a nice big put down that Victor doesn't get to be the best man. I thought that was great. It was, I just love it. Saw just needles in. The best part is, is that uh, I don't think that it really came across as, as sarcastic as I think that uh, it was supposed to. So people really thought that, um, they, that that Victor really was going to end up having to be the ring bearer or something. Yeah, there was a, a nice flurry of stuff that uh, got posted up there about back and forth on that, and of course, then the bride herself chimed in. Which oh, was, I know, uh, classic. Well, just classic. Th- there, put the end of theories now. It's just boom, 
done. Um, so yeah, the the argument. Um, I feel I don't I don't know about you if you've ever found yourself in this situation. I found myself just wanting to scream along with Saul because he was getting so frustrated. I oh, I, I felt I felt the frustration. I mean, I I just uh, I I feel like I've had that argument. Yes. Uh, in, in real life too many times. Yes. <laughs> so I think it was very well done. Oh, and, uh, it was, oh, oh, oh. I was right there with him. The, the, if, if you think that's overacted and, and with his verbal, like, just, no, you just haven't been there yet. You'll get there. I promise you. Um, that I was so frustrated for him and I just wanted to scream when I was listening to it, which would have been awkward because I was on public transit at the time and they don't take kindly to people screaming for no reason. Um, no, that's not good. Um, and then despite, and then after that with the ring in the pocket joke of, you know, is that a ring? Uh, I had no idea where that was going at first. Neither did I. I was like, wow, this is strange. Like, is he going the there? <laughs> we just had a fight about all this awkward, sexy times with people that aren't supposed to be sexy times with, and and now we're gonna have sexy times. And th- th- I was like, "What?" It's like somebody needs to put on some headphones, crack the music up, and just pass out. Yeah, I guess so. Just you guys need a cold shower. Just calm down. No, we got to propose a lot of it, and a nice ring that fits her perfectly. Um. Which, of course, as everything else does, gets interrupted by a uh, radio conversation, which is the colony calling to see if anyone's had contact with Bert. Of course, they haven't. They leave him hanging. Uh, And then we go back to the colony in one of our classic switchovers. And we get more lies. More and more lies. We've got a lot of lying this season. It's come to expect it now. It's just like, you know, somebody's talking. It must be a lie. Absolutely. I'm, uh, especially when it comes out of CJ, it's it's most likely going to end up being a lie at that point. However, and this is the part that I agree with that some people in the forum just did not. Uh, I agree with the lie. I, I feel as though as a tactical leadership move, it makes perfect sense. It also makes perfect sense how Michael wanted to handle it, which is you have to focus, Bert. You have to give him something else to uh, focus his mind on. Uh, but CJ says, you know what? He's already done it. So at this point, we're retroactively giving him permission, which is back to the old adage. You know, it's better to ask forgiveness than to ask permission. That's basically what Bert and Riley have done, and they got their permission. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's the right thing. You, you, uh, you got to kind of think about how it would impact uh, the greater good, so to speak. And I think that uh, kind of covering up that Bert just kind of hauled ass out of there and Said, screw you guys. Uh, it, it looks better for all involved uh, to make it look like this was a planned deal. Um, on the other side, you know, now we've got Michael being more and more complicit in CJ's lies, and we know that she's uh, quick to turn turn people over uh, if she feels like they're treating her out, treating her wrong. So yeah, uh, we have a post uh, basically covering this from Shaggers. Um, CJ freaking straight up lied. Uh, like Witch Doctor said, uh, just to stay in power. I was so happy when Michael started to call her out on it, thinking this is where he would expose her for being a terrible choice for leader. Then she gave her weak sauce a uh, AWOL bullshit, or bull, she, he, 
they didn't say shit. I just added it for some reason. I just wanted to smack Michael. He's so boneheaded sometimes. He needs an angel. <laughs> Great name, by the way, especially since how things ended up. I like that joke. As mm-hmm. uh, at his side, to keep him focused on the bigger picture. I'm not an angel fanboy, but he definitely had his moments. He would have been like, whoa, 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 hold up. This AWOL thing isn't relevant. This ain't the military, and you just lie to cover your ass. Then he would make some wise-ass remark about the Supreme Queen CJ. I'm kind of surprised Pegs let it slide as well. But again, um, for that's exactly what CJ's doing, is thinking of the greater good, because if this guy can run away on his own, then who? Else, what's preventing anyone else from taking supplies and doing the same? Right. I mean, we, uh, she situational ethics, man. Yeah, she she did what she had to do. She has had people abandon her before, so she has a new tactic to attempt this time, which is okay. We're gonna say that this is under Michael. He's doing this mission, so we're gonna let Bert go do his thing. Uh, to the point that she's correcting the inventory on the radio. They get to keep their radio, which I gonna bring up again the radio again shortly so let's just move on to the next piece which is uh the converse the the conversation between uh pegs and michael which some people feel as though michael got himself just got his ass handed to him and other people think that he basically has got his way and he thinks he certainly got his way by his reaction to it uh, so, but what's your take on it? How did that uh, conversation pan out in your head, and what do you think is going to come? I of think it, it was. Uh, I think it was. I think it was bound to happen because it, we couldn't just leave it like that. I just didn't see that being uh, good for the story. Um, you know, I think Michael feels like uh, he's doing okay because you know he at least got to take what three large steps out of the friend zone. Um, <laughs> so. Well, it, I think it was three large steps into the friend zone. Before it was like th- you were three large steps into the you're. Dick oh yeah, zone. it was like the why didn't you stay at Irwin zone or something like that? Yeah, like you go hang out with Nurse Chris. Oh <laughs> uh, ah um oh that's it. <laughs> this this podcast is over. Thank you very much. We brought up Nurse Brit and we're done. Thanks. <laughs> good night, Treadfish. Continue. Um, so I think you know, good. It's it's uh it's good to see that they're going to have some interaction. Um, you know, net, at the first listen through, not knowing how the episode ends, you kind of wonder where it's going. But I think it helps kind of put a little bow on some things that says, hey, we can we can all move forward at this point and get ready for what's coming next. And a, a lot of people are complaining about the the lack of headshots and you know body yeah. parts and stuff like that. But I think it's it, it that's bad form to just leave all this crap laying around and decide to, you know, take the easy way out and have a zombie horde rush in. So I think it's good. I think it's good for the to have the characters play that way. And I don't think Michael pushed out too bad. Uh, he kind of stood up for himself. He 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 did manage to bite back the uh, "I'm going to be right" mm-hmm. uh, thing there. Yep. Um, you know, good. And he 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 manned up a little bit more than he has in the past. I think he manned up, and I think that it's a nice piece of development for him that he did not have the need to finish the thought of "you went from me to someone else." Because that's going to open another can of mm-hmm. we weren't in a real relationship versus whatever you had with whoever this was at Irwin. Damn it, we were on a break. Um, <laughs> uh, that's an amazing 15-year-old. Yes, it is. I hope that anyone gets that. That Other than you and yeah, I. I. There's bound to be other people that get it. Uh, my wife watches that show incessantly. So there you go. I, <laughs> believe me, I get it. Um. <laughs> Yes, we were definitely on a break. 
Seems that uh, every time Michael, uh, there's a shift in Michael's personality. It seems like every time he talks now, I can't even recognize him as Michael Cross. He's become a pushover. Uh, he calls on CJ online and Saul and Vic, and then she threatens retaliation like he is an AWOL soldier, and Michael instantly crumbles. Peg goes into her Let's Be Friends speech and tells him he is fragile and weak, and he still leaves uh, all like giddy with a big grin on his face. What happened to the Michael that took a shovel to a guy's face for hurting one of his friends or stood up to Marcus for lying to the colony or took charge of Irwin and rallied some troops to stand up to a superior officer and delay the nuclear de- detonation and brought a, zomb- and brought a zombie ba- body back for testing even though he was ordered not to do? What happened to that guy? And that is from Unit 9014 from the forum. Um... So, I mean, I suppose Michael's new role, that's a matter of interpretation. I happen to not necessarily agree. I think that he was more reckless before. Yeah. Um, But I think that this CJ as a leader suits him well. She's a stronger leader than I think people are giving her credit for. And this is just how he's falling into place. Uh, I think that, again, like you said, I think that the relationship has moved back in a more positive relationship with Pegs. The lie, again, I don't like, but it serves the greater good. Um, so, again, I, I I don't necessarily agree, but I can see where people are having, uh, are, are taking issue yeah. with uh, Michael. Well, I think, I think it's the uh, same Michael. Uh, it's just Michael has grown up. Yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's what it is, is that he's taken more of his experiences, realizes what's going on, and this is where we are now. Um, so out of that uh, little radio shack that they're in comes the funniest part of this episode uh, by far, oh, yeah. which which is uh, all of Michael's army buddies making fun of Michael because uh, he just got he just got laid, uh, which is obviously not what is true. However, it is at this time that uh, we here at We're Not Dead would love to show you. What happens when you let guys like uh, Robbins and Muldoon and Puck and Carl uh, improvise for a little while on what possibly just happened between CJ and and, and Pegs and Michael? And uh, we would like to share that with you right now. This is not safe for work. Oh, look at the grin on this guy's face. <laughs> Someone was fucking. Yeah, he was. Look at that. And CJ just left a minute ago, too. Damn, son, she just got out of the hospital. Ooh. Robin's like, you know what to do with that. Oh, uh, do I need to show you? Because I will. Like she could find your junk out of that huge panis you got there. Hey, hey, hey. That is just to protect the penis, all right? Hey, hey, why are you guys talking about each other's penises? Let's go get some ass over there. Well, I don't know if Michael left any for us. Yeah, pass them down to us when you're ready. Michael, you're a little slut. We should be taking numbers here, Jesus. You can't just hog it all to yourself. I don't know, look at that face though. That looks like a blowy face, not My- a, not an all the way face. I don't know, yeah. Michael's over here bogarting the pussy, you know what I'm saying? Bogarting, well, he is trying to be in charge. He's telling that pussy, I'm in charge, pussy, I'm in charge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he'd probably get on some zombie pussy if he had the chance. I, it's getting to that point, let's be honest. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it has Muldoon, been a while. Well, it's been a while before this all went down. How did not when you, before your sister turned. Hey, hey, how 
How dare, how dare you bring her up? Sorry. Hey, that's mean. I loved that's it too, mean. man. I loved it too. You bastard. For a night. Yeah, but she <laughs> was great before she was a zombie. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> of course you don't, princess. That's because you're a virgin. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough touching yourself thinking about zombie girls. The walls are done, right? We gotta start training people up on the 50 cal. No, no, we gotta pass on that. Well, we still need to do it, but we can get started on our search. <laughs> so that's a blowy face, huh? A blowy face. Oh, us. I didn't know there was such a thing as a blowy well, face. Well, I, I never did before, but as soon as he said it, I suddenly I knew exactly what he meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did too. I was like, oh, you know what? Blowy face. I feel I haven't seen it before, but I promise you, I may have made it before. Um, okay, so. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's just that's just. Uh, um, just, they. I love the fact that they they crack themselves up so bad that Robbins just can't. He can't even keep going. I know it's great. I I I, I at some point I want to know just how much of that was scripted and how much of that was just. Here's the basic premise of the idea. Have at it. Yeah, I just. Uh, I've listened to it a couple of times just for the sheer comedic effect. As a, I think it's referenced them before the Fort Irwin Kings of Comedy. Um, they <laughs> they need to go on tour or something. There's a there's a we're we're alive spinoff or something that's got to come out of this. It was uh, it was just amazing. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> uh, you can hear the parts that made it into into the podcast. Um, and then the rest of it was just. Not safe for work. Not safe for much. No, no. Oh, hey, by the way, um, hey, bees, can you take a this is not safe for work and put it to the beginning of that? Because I probably should have said it beforehand. Uh, what you just heard wasn't safe for work. Sorry. <laughs> Hope you didn't listen to it at work. Uh, hooray the power of editing. Um, <laughs> so... They've now been given their clearance. They're allowed to go do what they need to do. CJ's given them that. And then we get to the end of the podcast in the sort of false ending that I mentioned earlier. And we're talking about four months. And this is another thing that prompted me to bring up the Deathly Hallows yeah. uh, comparison. Is they, you know, Deathly Hallows and Harry Potter. We know all know how much um, Casey loves uh, the Harry Potter story. If you don't, by the way, hey, Casey loves the Harry Potter stories. Um, you know, they went months without finding anything, just bouncing around the countryside and, you know, character development and all that other stuff in that, in those books, in the book. And that apparently is something that we're going to end up either witnessing to an extent, which I don't think we do, or we're going to skip right over and we're going to go four months into the future and, I mean that that's pretty much that. Do you think we're going to take that time jump? I think we're going to take the time jump. I think we'll get uh, some good voiceovers. We'll get a, uh, you know, something probably starting up from Michael or somebody kind of reiterating the we've been searching hard but we hadn't come up with anything until and then uh hopefully we don't spend three episodes just getting to the cliffhanger right before we can find out what that was. Um but I think we're going to catch up on all these these pieces that just kind of got left at, at stable places. You know, we got Saul, Lizzie, and Victor are stable at Dunbar. We're going to assume that Bert and Riley got stable somewhere else and maybe contact them, the colony. The colony's you know, hanging out, and um, Michael and his crew are doing their thing, and Kelly, well, she's Kelly. She's great. Um, <laughs> 
So I think we're going to start with the, the time jump to right before whatever the incident is that Michael brings up there at the end, and we'll kind of get caught up and ready to roll, and everybody's adrenaline will be up, and tackles will be up, ready to see what's going to jump out of the shadows at us. Yeah, uh, I think I definitely agree. Um, not to mention, four months is sort of a very, a very perfect little mm-hmm. number right now. Uh, four months is when we're apparently going to be reintroduced to Randy, uh, which, as many people, uh, especially uh, Todd is dead on the forum, uh, uh, likens to Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is great. Uh, uh, thank you, Mr. Poffo, for all the great memories. Um, uh, and then four months is when Lizzie's supposed to pop. So we skip over four months of nothing, and we're going to then be into... Uh, our zombies again we're gonna be into a baby birth we've got a lot of things to get into so uh the time jump now makes a lot of sense and and i think that's where we're going i think we skip over all the boring stuff and 39 is going to be a a rip-roaring most likely action-packed thing that people have been dying for yeah i'm thinking it's about time for that and uh somebody had pointed out i don't remember I think a couple of people did that. That also puts us right before the one-year anniversary of Z Day. Uh huh. So that'll yep. be interesting to see if that's uh, that's an important piece in the story or not. Yeah. Um. There are some things that I think are obviously going to be left by the wayside. Yeah. Um. Michael's arm story. I'm almost at this point convinced that his the story of him breaking his arm. Uh, is going to be like the three seashells from Demolition Man, and we're just going to hear about it over and over again, but we're never going to understand it, what happened. It's just, there There are three seashells in the bathroom. You don't know what they do. You don't know how they work because you're a man displaced in time. We have a Michael's broken arm. Who cares anymore? It's, they're gonna, it's like he's going to kill all the zombies at the end, and he'll be like all shirt ripped and like two machine guns and pegs hanging off his bicep, and then the smoke clears. Michael, what did happen to your arm? Oh, well, let me tell you, fade to black. And we're just never going to hear. Perfect. I'm convinced now. My entire story ending, don't care about the one with the markings reading the journals anymore. That's how it's going to end. I, I, at this point, I think that's uh, that would be a perfect ending. Just keep it out there. It's just one of those things that you just, you're not meant to know. So a couple of other posts that we have here. I promised myself I wasn't going to be this person, but True Bicker. Sure. That's a forum name that I'm going to butcher now uh we're not dead uh last week we proposed a theory that glenn and pete are thought to be working for scratch this is a solid theory in my opinion that would mean scratch has a police radio and heard that bert and riley are out on their own scratch probably has no idea about riley and angel but she would be very aware of why bert would be out of the colony on a mission i think michael is slipping a bit by assuming radio transmissions are secure which is another point i wanted to bring up do you think as this poster does that the Maulers are still monitoring all radio conversations. Uh, even if they could, uh, my take on this is these police radios are coded to the point that you know you would have to have the code to be able to pick it up. And I think that they, you know, based on who, if Glenn is not one of the uh, the Maulers team, which I don't think he is, he would have had to have leave the, left the codes on whatever radio got you know if one got stolen during uh, everything that went down in the colony. We'd have to end up with Scratch having one of the radios, the radio codes never having been changed, and still not being changed now. So I think it's a, a long shot that Scratch is listening in on the, uh, or the Maulers, whoever's left, is listening in on this 
radio chatter just because they're using those police radios. I mean, if he is working for them, in theory, he may have a way to uh, converse with them and get them information, you know, much in the same way that Kalani was able to do that with the tower. Again, albeit the tower was the most lax in terms of security that exists in this entire story. I think at this point, it's going to be a real stretch for me to take another big conspiracy theory swing at the story. I don't think that we have another one in us. I think at this point, the story is got to be pretty much straightforward we have so much to resolve that taking another mole story i i don't i don't know that that serves us anything and it's sort of a rehash and retread of what's already happened it's now. been done yeah so it's all it's all been done before um so i don't think that uh, it just doesn't i don't think it works i the more i think about it the more i think that glenn and pete are just glenn and pete and selling water and fixing up radios uh, another forum post, and this is in the, uh, I don't like the way the show is going post, uh, Aaron Arturis, how did this show become a soap opera? Where are the zombies in season four? I know I'll probably catch flack for it, but the show has turned into utter crap, which is all the worst because the first three seasons were so good. Yikes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was, uh, oh, it was a three word response. Uh, hang in there. That's the one. I was going to say, uh, just just hold on, but yeah. Well, um, not, hang in not there. not the three words I probably would have chosen, so good one, Casey, for being a better man than me. I would almost ask you what the three words are, but I'm not going to try and uh, call any more undue attention to this other than the fact that people are getting restless, but this is the same, with the exception of seasons one and two, how they started season three started this exact same way, and people were bored and they hated it. Uh, season four starting the same way. Um, and then we had a huge zombie thing that happened two chapters in. We're two chapters in now. Uh, I'm feeling a little antsy about it, but I feel that we're about to be rewarded for it. I, I do chat with Casey often, and he has been, uh, I want to say, almost giddy. Just absolutely giddy about <laughs> chapter 39 for a while. So I kind of feel I like... I try not to press. I try not to do it because I'm still a fan of the show, even though, you know, I do this and I'm with the forums and all that other stuff. Uh, so I try not to press him on things, but he has just been so enthusiastic about what's coming in chapter 39 and what's being resolved in chapter 38 that um, I cannot wait. This is going to, this, this two week layoff for me is probably going to be worse than normal just because I know how excited he is to get Chapter 39 into our ears and into our brain skulls. Great. Now we're so excited. We're so excited and we just can't hide it. Um, so, yeah. We covered the radio thing. We covered Randy Macho Man Savage. Um, we covered the notes. We covered... Oh, here we go. The radio conversation. Something that I skipped over. Um, Storm was wondering... Uh, does CJ even release the button when talking to Victor? This goes with our radio conversation. Um, and then goes through the chirs and clicks and whatever of the radio as it's turning on and off. And I listened to it specifically because I saw the post and then I listened to the episode again. And you don't hear the click off after CJ says and then starts talking about how it's important that no one knows that they left and that this happened and that happened. There was never a click off, um, but I did hear it click back on with Michael, so I don't know if that was something that got skipped over 
or whatever the case may be. So I don't know if uh, you heard that or if you saw that post and thought anything of it. Yeah, or... I did the same thing. I went back and uh, listened to it after that. And, uh, it's the same thing. I, you're right. I didn't hear the click off, but then I did hear the click on. So I think I don't know if it's just an audio glitch and we meant to do that or if there's something hiding in there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that it may, if it's anything, I think it might just be something that was missed. I don't think it's anything nefarious like that. Um, and I will gladly eat all the crow in the world if I'm wrong, because I am so often wrong. Oh, speaking of crow, could I bring up something real quick? Oh, go ahead. If it makes me, it, wait, <laughs> does it make me wrong about something? No, no. Um, okay, because I have to admit something else about that. Okay. Too. Um, no, there's uh, uh, Grognard had started a uh, stuff on the forum about the crow calls that we often hear in the background. Uh huh. And so we haven't mentioned it right, right, right there, and then in the first part when we're getting the you know Bert's gone and stuff, there are these just prominent crow calls right there. And the first thing that crossed my mind is KC is just messing with us now because we've been trying to dig uh, through all this stuff and figure out is there some pattern to these? Does it indicate something's happened? Somebody's around? This, that, and the other? And those just seem like he just poked us in the ribs. Well, I, I, and the theory for those that are not on the forum, which, again, you can find at www.zombiepodcast.com slash forum. Um, this one is uh, from Grognard, who that is how you pronounce his name, apparently. So it's not uh, Gord. Um, is that every time that we mention or sort of imply the existence of Scratch, you'll hear a crow call in the background. So in this case, it's. Uh, Bert's gone, and you hear the crow calling because you know what? He's gonna go search for Scratch. So, um, it it's really hard to deny it. Yeah. Um, he's got a whole bunch of evidence of things that have happened that are Scratch related that come with crow calls. Um, I haven't gone back to listen to it myself, but um, he's done a very good job of it, and it it's hard to uh, it's kind of hard to dispute right yeah. now. Crow calls seem to be the uh. The audio calling of Scratch. That is true. And it's also the stuff that I eat a lot on the forum because I'm often wrong as well. Yeah, uh, so am I. So speaking of things I'm wrong about, um, I had mentioned the possibility that Kelly was uh, maybe looking into cheating on people and give out information because she was working with uh, Tanya and she didn't say that Michael gave her permission. Yeah, well, Michael gave her permission. So, okay, I was a little wrong and I should have just stuck with my instincts and said, oh, cool, this happened off screen. Damn. Oh, well, what are you going to do? I uh, just roll with it. Yeah, that's what I always do. Roll with it and then pretend like this was always my position in the first place. I have no idea what you're talking about. I totally was all about Kelly working with Michael. And it was it was whatnot. a cover story. She's a double agent. Triple agent. So we have one email, which I'm going to read because it has absolutely has to be read because it is about Skittles. Um, I have a crazy Duncan Skittles theory to run by you guys. I haven't checked the forum to see if it's happened yet, but here it is. Uh, I recall something from the zombie attack on the colony, chapter 35, if I recall correctly, that keeps rattling around in my head. Someone saw a bearded guy with a, tat with a tattoo with the zombies. Could that be Skittles? I've had this nagging feeling that the reason he survived so long is because of some he's some kind of zombie whisperer. The flashback to the attack on the other tower suggests the one with the markings will let in by accident. What if Duncan didn't let him in by accident? What if he had prior connection to the one with the markings? 
alternate uh alternately or additionally what if he's somehow been turned somehow bitten ground zero air etc and became a kind of general for the one with the markings erica oh erica cheese and crow eric aka funky dung who is a new forum member who sent that in via email sounds like you are mixing up randy the one with the markings and skittles or is he or is he? Yeah. What? Yeah. Again, what we know of the one with the markings varies because people describe him differently every time. He's the one with the markings. He's the pinstripe suit guy. He's that that tall fucker in the suit. I think once. Um. And then there's Randy, who is the bearded guy that Michael brings up at the end of the podcast in his. Uh, I we, we search for four months and whatnot. Uh, and Skittles is Skittles. Well. I... Got to thinking because I watched a, a great movie all over again recently called The Usual Suspects. And uh, uh-huh. maybe Skittles is the verbal kent to the one with the markings, Kaiser Sose. We have not actually seen them in the same place at the same time. The one, well, sort of we have because at the tower attack, Skittles lost his mind and the one with the markings. Well, we didn't see him at the same place. We were implied that they were both there, but we never saw him at the same place. I'm sorry, I, that rustling here is the tenfold hat that I have on my head. I was going to say, you just reminded me I needed to buy stock in Reynolds Wrap. <laughs> um, so, I guess that's sort of our answer, Funky Dung, is that we we think that there is a confusion between the three different individuals. Although, there's always the possibility, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think we're done with Skittles by a long shot, though. No, I don't think so. He's He's bound to come back sometime. Uh, it's just a question of when, how, and in what capacity. And to be honest, I really have no idea other than if they run into him and he's the one that leads Michael's crew to Randy. Maybe that's where he comes from. There you from. go. That's, I, see, I feel like, the, or maybe he finds Scratch. I feel like he, he's going to be a guide to one of the two groups that are out there. It's a question of who and what and where and when. Can't wait. It'll be good. Um, So... I kind of feel like that uh, That sort of covers it. I think that's pretty much everything. We've talked about everything. We've mentioned all there is to mention, I believe. I think we got it. Cool. Um, you can find us at www.zombiepodcast.com slash forum, and you can join up there and post, and you can get uh, your post read on the air here. You can find us on Facebook at We're Not Dead Podcast. You can find us at WND Podcast. On the Twitters, you can find Brit at Blonde Nerd. I am Nick Voodoo at I K V O O D O O. Um, you can email us at We're Not Dead Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is We're Not Dead Podcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your theories. If you would like to be a guest host, you can send that in as well, although we are starting to run out of room because so many of you have requested. And, of course, you always want to follow We're Live on Twitter, at We're Live, and We're Live, a zombie podcast survival story thingy on Facebook. I think that's all the ways you contact us. I think I've done well. Sounded good. Cool. How can they find you if they want to? Uh, You can always find me uh, on the forum. Uh, Like I said, I sit in front of the computers. There's a good chance I'm checking that out. Um, I'm SC Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. You can also take SC Bubba and put an at someone in front of it and get me on Twitter. All right. So, everyone, uh, enjoy the two weeks off as much as you can. Uh, Chapter 39 is coming. Chapter 39, by the way, 
I totally forgot. I almost blew this one. I know the answer to this too. Um, chapter 39 title, which was given to me along with that outtake. And I totally forgot about it until just now. Chapter 39, chemical reactions. Dun, dun, dun. And he said, take that as you will. So, um, Take that as you will. Send us your thoughts. What do you think it's going to be? Um, so I think that's going to pretty much do it. So uh, for SC Bubba, for Bees, and for myself, thanks for listening, and we're out. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>